everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports. I'm Sebastian Oren. With me is Elliot Niblock. We are Paul Les. He's uh, attending some sporting event. ACC uh, conference tournament, which I assume is at Madison Square Garden. What's that, basketball? Yeah. Okay. Live from the garden. Ah, March Madness. Is that now? Yes. Well, sort of. I or mean, not. the the conference tournaments are kind of the... Oh, yeah. The that's crazy. like the play-in, almost. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I was actually trying to equate... I was using uh, conference tournaments in basketball as a potential analog to Manchester United winning the EFL Cup and trying to explain soccer to a friend who's you know really not a fan. I was like, well, you know, it's like... If you win the Big Ten tournament, that's nice. That's great. That's still a trophy, and it means something. And you're playing against your local rivals, and you still get to hoist that championship. But it's it's not what everybody really wants at the end of the season. Yeah, that's true. That is true. At least they got some silverware. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, anybody who begrudges a rival silverware is just begrudging a rival for the sake of begrudging a rival, not making a logical argument, I think. That is true, that is true. We should say real quick, we're not going to spend any time on it, except that Manchester <laughs> United got a 1-1 draw away to Rostov here today in the Europa League. And uh, seeing how that pitch was, that was a good result for them. It was, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a beat field or something. I don't know what that was. That was not a soccer pitch. That's for sure. <laughs> God, that was horrible. Okay, with that. Zlatan scores a goal. Oh, wait, it was a turnip, not a goal, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had the assist there to McTurin's goal. Um, but we're going to focus on the Champions League first and foremost before we get into the Premier League and the FA Cup, uh, which we have in front of us here in the, over the weekend. So we got to start with Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain. A incredible comeback by Barcelona. We said if any team could do it, it was Barcelona, and they freaking did it. They beat PSG 6-1 at home to move on 6-5 on aggregate after losing the first leg 4-0 in Paris and looking nothing like the Barcelona that we're used to be seeing. No. But, I mean, and this... Seb, did you watch this game? I mean, we were oh, yeah. texting. You yeah, were we were texting. You, you shot off, and after the first goal, you were like, oh, here we go. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, when when PSG oh, scored, Seb, I lost you. Oh, I lost you, Seb. Okay, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after that first goal, something. <laughs> yes. After that first goal, you texted me. You said it's on. Yep. And you were right. You were boy. Dead, dead on there. But I felt like when PSG scored, I was like, okay, well now there's no chance. Well, and you know what's interesting is that I. On the goal itself, I didn't think there's no chance. But the way Barcelona played for the next 20 minutes after the goal, yeah. then I thought, oh, okay, there's no chance. Because they were totally flat. I mean, honestly, PSG should have put the game away because Cavani had a chance one-on-one with the keeper, and he he should have put it out of sight. Yeah. And and also, I mean, Di Maria, I mean PSG had a bevy of chances in those 10, 12 minutes after their goal that at the time it just looked like insult to injury, but <laughs> in injury time it proved to be, in fact, pivotal. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just crazy. I mean, just listen to this scoreline here. So Cavani scored in the 62nd minute, then it was 3-1. So Barcelona needed to score six goals. And yeah. Neymar, 88th minute. Neymar, 91st minute, and then... Sergio Roberto, 96 minute, with like the last kick of the game almost. Yeah, and Neymar's Neymar's free kick really is what sparked that comeback. Mm-hmm. For I mean, for for sure, and it was a, it was a beautiful free kick. Um, the the commentary team for the Fox feed that I was watching were. You know, kind of saying, "Well, can you ask questions of the keeper?" No, 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 you can't. You can't ask questions of the keeper. I don't. I don't care. Maybe he could have worked harder to get a fingertip to it, but that ball was going in no matter what. Yeah, yeah, a beautiful, beautiful play by Neymar, who's not been scoring at the same pace he was last season, but coming up with two incredibly critical goals in this one. Yeah. So Barcelona moves on, and I mean, for PSG, it's it's a team that's 
you know, that's sort of been the the big thing ever since they got the the owners from Qatar was like we want to challenge for the Champions League. We want to we want to win the Champions League. We want to win the Champions League. They've dominated yep. France. That's all done and dusted. They've won everything there, but they still haven't gotten over that Champions League hump. Yeah, they're Manchester City across the channel without the league dominance that, well, which is to say Manchester City is without that league dominance, but, you know, fueled by oil billions in the same fashion. And now they're looking to Europe and they're struggling in Europe. And honestly, I think that this is, this loss means that Emery is out at the end of the season, even if they manage to win Ligue 1, then he's, yeah. he's gone. I mean, yeah. this is, this is a disgrace. This is a dis- granted. <laughs> we're going to talk about my club's disgraceful loss in a moment, but this is still a disgraceful loss. This is an historical loss. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is. I mean, this is. You know, Jero Piquet was actually speaking speaking about it after the game. He's like, "Yeah, this is bigger than, you know, the. I think it was 1986 when they played my favorite team from back home, IFK Gothenburg, mm-hmm. uh, and they were down." They were down three nothing from the first leg, and then they came back to win on penalties in the second leg. Um, I I don't remember if that, was, if that was the quarterfinals or the semifinals, but either way, um, you know. So it was even bigger than that. I mean, coming back from a four nothing yeah. deficit—that's unheard of. Yeah, I mean it's it's an unprecedented comeback. I yeah. mean Neymar was very quick to say this is the greatest match I've ever experienced in my life. Also easy for him to say scoring two oh, yeah. of the three goals in the last few minutes that sealed the victory. But it's, I mean, it's, it, it's an example of PSG had, you know, they looked in the first half. I thought, my God, Barcelona are going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then after PSG's goal, then they just, they just needed, you know, they, they had the dagger, but not the nail in the coffin to use kind of two metaphors at once. And that they just, allowed Barcelona to come back by not finishing their chances after that beautiful Cavani goal. And that Cavani's goal, which is the first for PSG, which proved the only and the third of the match, was to that point by far the best goal of the game. I yeah. mean, it was a beautiful piece of skill, a little bit sloppy defending by Rakitic, but still um, you got to give him a lot of credit. But boy, they, they're really ruining those chances today. I would not want to be anyone affiliated with PSG no. having had to wake up this morning. Not Fortunately, even, by now in Paris, most of them are probably drunk and asleep. Yeah, not even if you're on their handball team. I wouldn't want to be affiliated <laughs> with it. You know, That's how bad it is. Um, it, it, it's, it's just, you saw that Barcelona got the perfect start, you know, an early, super early goal. And it sort of felt like... PSG sort of panicked, even though they were still up four one. They sort of panicked a bit, and then when you yeah. got when they got the second one, you know, five minutes before half, then it was like, okay, well, they just got to refocus, you know, get get their heads back on their shoulders and don't play scared. That's the thing. I think they played scared. Well, they played they played conservative in the first half, and then they played scared after Barcelona started to come back at the very end of the match. Yeah. And here's my question for you, Seb, because I have no answer for this. And to me, it's reminiscent of, you know, without knowing the backstory, Wenger leaving Alexis on the bench at Anfield last week, which is why the hell did Angel Di Maria not start this game? Because as soon as he came off the bench, PSG looked a different team. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. He was so good in that first leg too. I don't know if he's been struggling with injury or whatever, but it, it seems like a conundrum really why he was yeah. on the bench. And it seems because the way the way that PSG just tried to sit back and, you know, hold what they had, mm-hmm. which they ultimately lost, it's it seemed a strategically poor choice and I think that his absence was the most conspicuous uh, piece of that strategic blunder by Emery. Yeah, because, I mean, it is a player that still works hard defensively. He's not great defensively by no stretch of the imagination, but he still works hard. Yeah. He, he can create something with the ball. He can hold up the ball. He can sort of dictate sort of the pace of the game. So, I yeah, I have no idea why he was started this game on the bench. I think Lucas Moura had a 
pretty awful game actually. Uh, yeah, Julian yeah, Draxler, mm, you know, not much better. It's hard to give any PSG player a decent grade on this performance, but uh, yeah, and Cavani had that moment of brilliance, but then again, he also had the <laughs> the chance to be fluffed. Yeah. Yeah. Which was an easier chance than the one that he converted. So yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, well, many many strikers in world football are, but yeah, that's he's, true. You know, he's approaching forty goals on the year in early March. We can't fault him that. Much. No, no, but I'm saying like if he would just put in, you know, five percent more of his chances, he would be, you know, already at fifty goals. Oh yeah, he would. Then he would be. Well, the thing dare is, I say Zlatan material. The thing, the thing is too that he misses a lot of great A chances. Yeah, I mean that's been the problem, and I know that Paulie's been harping on Zlatan for missing chances too. But you know, yeah, he's missed a couple of sitters, but more than often, it's not great A chances that Zlatan is missing. The other game on Wednesday, that was Dortmund beating Benfica 4 nothing. so they turned it around there. They had a one nothing deficit, so they move on 4-1 to one on aggregate. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you want to say about this one. Some hype for the young kid. Yeah, I mean, first Champions League goal, it was great. And he, he, he looked good, fresh, and hungry. I mean, it's... I, I mean, admit because I was watching the Barcelona fixture and I didn't have two screens. I just saw the highlights of this match, but he's I, I've been I've been nervous about kind of overhyping him from a U.S. men's national team point of view. Yeah. But he he looks absolutely the genuine article. Yeah, really, really good. Um... And we had I mean, we really realistically we expected. Dortmund to come back and win at home, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they should have won that first leg. They had some great chances. They just didn't score, and then they came back here, dropped them on the nose. Abu Mariang with the hat trick, and then Pulisic. Okay, so let's get this straight. So, Croatian ancestry, right? Yes, I think so. So, Pulisic. So we've already established that you are our pronunciation experts on this show because you are clearly fluently bilingual. And I imagine that my second language, which is German, is not even as good as your third language. Which so. is which is German. <laughs> Guten Abend, ah. meine Damen und Herren, und willkommen <laughs> aus die Fahrrad Sports Fußball Podcast. Uh, auf jeden Fall, Dortmund war geil. Yep, there we go. Uh, I want to say it's Pulisic, but uh, since we are in America, let's go with Pulisic, I guess. I, yeah, I think Pulisic is right. Yeah, um, that sounds better to me. Uh, Pulisic sounds like puke, almost. <laughs> so. All right, well, stick with what sounds better and you think is probably... Yeah. Oh, my God, you know, you know, Paul, you know Paul is going to give me grief, grief on that one. You know, it's oh, yeah. not Pulisic, it's Pulisic. <laughs> How many times have we said Jose and he's jumped on that? Yeah, well, I mean, that one, he actually has a case. Uh, yes, it's that's just, true. It's just right. us being lazy yeah. on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, oh, well, it is what it is. So, yeah, Dortmund move on. Let's get even further back in time. Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Um, Real Madrid beat Napoli 3-1 to one, um, in Naples. So, 6-2 on aggregate in that one. Um, you know, Real Madrid just sort of huffing and puffing along here. They, they'll still be a team to watch out for. They are good. Mm-hmm. They're really, really good. But Bayern Munich Arsenal, another 5-1 win for Bayern, moving on 10-2 on aggregate. And I saw a lot of Wenger out after this one and before. Oh, yeah. You saw Yeah, you saw it before. Yeah. I mean, it's a little skewed because Koscielny was sent off in the 53rd minute. And... He he was sent off for a dive by Lewandowski. Yeah, that was not. I mean, right, that was not a red card. Well, so for, first of all, when I when I saw it live, um, when I saw it live, my initial thought was, uh, that that's kind of a borderline penalty, but I can see how he gave it. Um, 
Seb, I'm going to send you – I don't know if you've seen this angle or not yet, but I'm going to send it to you on chat. Ooh. And and then when I saw when I saw this angle in the replay, it looks really clearly that Lewandowski pushes off. And yep. for, so first of all, even if it was a legitimate penalty, which it wasn't, then the idea that the referee gives a yellow card because that's his first impression and then – the official behind the goal says, yeah. oh, wait, technically he was the last man. He was on the other side of the ball, so you have to send him off. That's, that, that is either – it's some combination of poor judgment on the official's part and poor wording in the rule book. Um, I think it's probably more the former than the latter, but it's a little bit of both. When they say he's not making a legitimate challenge on the ball, well, what do you call a shoulder-to-shoulder challenge? Yeah. But I, I don't know, Seb. So that that angle to me looks really clear that Lewandowski feels contact, pushes off, and dives. Yes, absolutely. He pushes off, he trips his own feet, and then he's like, wee. And that was, and then that's the sound he makes too. When he goes down, <laughs> uh, but it yeah, was that, it, that's same just as, bad. It was the same as the first leg. It's that without Laurent Koscielny at the back, then we fell apart, and even more so given that we were down to ten men. And honestly, after that, I I switched the game off and went and did work because I was just like, this game, this game is over. I don't want to watch what's going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be quite as brutal as it ended up being. Oh, it was bad. Oh, God. oh, it was and, it was bad. And that's I mean that's the worst thing is that you hear a lot about the play like Per Mertesacker, very a player I have a lot of time and respect for, saying what I want to see is fight from this team. I want to see desire and I want to see grit and fight. You saw none of that, right? And the the tie was lost uh, as soon as. As soon as the referee gave the penalty, the tie was probably lost when he gave the red card. Zero chance. But then the players just, I mean, they they let themselves and the club down. And it just, and it's also frustrating because they looked so good in the first half. They didn't convert as many chances as they should have. I mean, if they had, it would have been a completely different match. But it's, you know, the... The thing that bothers me the most, I was texting my friend Phil about this after the game, and that can you can you imagine another manager? If this is a hypothetical, and I don't think that the last point of it is going to come to pass, and we'll talk more about the FA Cup soon. Mm-hmm. But hypothetically, if you leave your best player on the bench and then lose a crucial match to a long-standing rival who is also jockeying for the same position in the table. And then you get embarrassed 10 to 2 on aggregate in Europe. And then you lose the FA Cup to a non league side. I don't think there's another manager in the Premier League who keeps his job. No. But Arsene Wenger, even if we lose to Lincoln City this weekend, he will keep his job. Yeah. And that is exactly the problem with Arsene, Arsenal Football Club because there is. No accountability at the managerial level, and even though it doesn't work with economics, it has a trickle-down effect in the football club, yeah. and it feels like the players don't hold themselves accountable either. And, I mean, how else can you explain the ultimately apathetic, pathetic, and embarrassing displays we saw against Bayern Munich twice now this yeah. season? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about this after the game that, you know, it is time for Wenger to leave. It is, they should come out, They've, they're like, we've talked, I've talked to the board, I'm going to leave after the season, and then you might see a little boost from that, you know, sort of like what we see when you get a new manager, and they want to play for Wenger, send him off, good, you know, at least get a top four place, and the worrying part is how the team gave up on both, in both these games, they gave up, and starting, you know, putting Sanchez on the bench, that's that's just dumb. It really is. I don't care what's going on on the training pitch. You don't leave your best player on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, it's that simple. And I mean, he could be the biggest douchebag ever. You don't leave him on the bench. He could have Which punched, Alexis Sanchez is not. He could have punched He could have punched Mertesucker in the nuts for all I cared. He should still be starting. 
and and the the worst thing about it is that this is this is a maybe cardinal sin is too strong a phrase, but it's the same mistake that the PSG manager is almost sure to ultimately at the end of the season lose his job for and the Arsenal manager the jury's out because I mean take nothing away from his accomplishments at the club they are amazing and in some respects unparalleled but nonetheless he needs to be held accountable for the state of the union right now which is total and utter disunion yes absolutely and apathy. Yeah, and I mean, if you're looking back to, I mean, what uh, what did they have? Two FA Cups the last ten years. Uh, I want to say it's it's two or three. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two it, three. well, if you go back ten years, it's almost three, but it's yeah. the two consecutively in um, uh, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it's not good enough. If you want to be, because Arsenal, they do want to be the biggest club in England. And it's time, it's just time for a change. And he's done a lot of good and he should be, he should be remembered for the good that he's done. And, you know, this, this debacle is going to, I mean, it's not, it might haunt his short term legacy. I don't yeah. think long-term he, he'll still be remembered fondly, but short-term, this is going to haunt him a bit. Uh, I want to read a couple of quotes here. Um, so with Bayern you know, dominating Arsenal the way they did here two games in a row, the Süddeutsche Zeitung, uh, the South German newspaper, uh, site German news, uh, believes Bayern's squad has so much quality like we haven't seen for years just in time for the season run-in. Arian Robin's muscles are holding up, Frank Ribery's bones are intact, and Thiago's knees, knees are good. With this squad, Bayern are hot candidates for all three competitions this season. So, I mean, they're going for the triple. Yeah. Um, I, I think that... I think they've got a legitimate chance of it. Oh, yeah. And I think that they're, they're not... They're not objectively, you know head and shoulders above the most talented side in Europe, but as the Süddeutsche Zeitung suggests, they're coming into form and health exactly when they need to be to make that a realistic goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you got um, Xavi Alonso, who announced that he'll be retiring after the season. Mm-hmm. And then you got Philip Lahm, who's retiring after the season. So, I mean, you know that the other Bayern players are going to be up to send them off the best way they just can, the best way possible. It would be such a storybook ending if they, if those two players who have such good careers behind them, if they can finish off with a Champions League trophy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's going to be two tough players to replace too, but, you know, Bayern, they're just going to vacuum Germany as they always do. But I mean, Philip Philip Lahm isn't even that old, is he? No, no, and he, well, what, he's like, I think thirty-three. He's yeah, I was gonna say thirty-two, but he turned thirty-three in November. Yeah. Um. And boy, one of the statistics that they suggested during his when he was, it was his first suspension. He's he's never been. It's like his first suspension in ages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he's such a good player, and he's, I mean, been around for so long. It's going to be weird. And I love his nickname, the Magic Dwarf. <laughs> that, that is that. the best nickname ever. <laughs> Screw Chicharito. This is the one, Magic Dwarf. There we go. Yeah, so, yeah, t- tough, tough loss for Arsenal yet again. Um, and once again, going out in the round of 16. Yeah. God. Seven years running now. Mm -hmm. Not good enough. No, it's, it's not, it's not good enough. And the, the saddest thing is that, um, you know, Ivan Gazidis has talked, 
He and he God, the worst is that he used Bayern Munich as an example. Like four or five years ago, he said we're going to compete in the highest level. I I don't remember what his exact words were, but like you know we're we built the platform to compete with a team like Bayern Munich. It's like okay, well even with four years of youth development and transfer markets at your disposal, no, you're not commuting competing with Bayern Munich. You're not even not even close. No, but you and yeah, sorry. I, well, just the the injury to Koscielny in the first leg and the egregious penalty decision and the red card in the second notwithstanding, still, this is a team that looked hungry in the first half of the second leg, but one half of a two-legged tie is not enough. No. No, and I mean, it show, also shows just how much Koscielny means for this team. Yeah, I mean he's such such a good player that really you know ties that defense together. Uh, before we move on, I was going to say though that you know whoever comes in after Wenger though is going to is going to spend money. Yeah, they're going to spend a lot of money. I think there's going to be a lot of players leaving, but there's going to be a lot of money spent as well. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get over to the FA Cup. We got the quarterfinals coming up here, starting Saturday with Middlesbrough against Manchester City. City coming off a scoreless draw against Stoke yesterday. Yeah, boy. I cannot say I'm sad that I missed that game. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Sorry, Stoke. Yeah. We, were, we were watching Barcelona cap off one of the most amazing comebacks in footballing history. Exactly. I mean, maybe they were watching it on the big screen, too, and sort of just passed it. Amongst each other, I don't know, but that is. Uh... Oh, you know what? This is something I I neglected to mention, but I I read. I think I saw it on either. I forget where I saw it, but um, in like the final after Barcelona's first of three goals, PSG completed four passes, Oof. three of which were kickoffs from the center circle after goals. Ooh. Isn't that appalling? That is really That was really in bad. like 20 minutes of football. Yeah. I don't I, it seems I I honestly think that a group of of dedicated amateurs could complete more passes against Barcelona in that amount of time. Yeah. It'd probably allow more goals, but still. Oh yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah, so City only got 1 point from their game at home against Stoke. Not good enough. Speaking of not good enough, not good enough. So they're, they're still in third place. They're tied with Spurs for a second with 56 points, which means Chelsea has a nice 10-point lead at the top of the table. So congratulations, Chelsea. It is now over. See, now I can say it's over. Now I feel super comfortable saying it's over. When Man City can't beat Stoke at home, it's over. Yeah. But let's not talk about that. We're going to talk about their FA Cup tie against Middlesbrough at the Riverside. Maybe they'll play a little bit better away from home. This is their, you know, they're still got to keep an eye on that Champions League fixture against Monaco, though. So it wouldn't surprise me. Because they pretty much lined up with a full, they did line up with a full strength side yesterday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see Guardiola making a quite a few changes here actually against Middlesbrough, just to make sure he's got the the fresh legs against Monaco. Because I mean, if the second game is anything like the first, it's going to be a baller of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. <laughs> and that tie is not over. No, no, definitely not. I mean, at this point, I almost feel like, well, <laughs> I've already seen as many fireworks as I anticipated and more from <laughs> this round. So yeah, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I mean, it was a great game. The first one, they won 5-3. But, you know, allowing three... Go, uh, you know, grabbing three away goals is good for Monaco, and they, oh, absolutely, they've scored in bunches at home this season. So yeah, and they've yeah, and they've had their best season in years. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're challenging in like a decade. First, yeah, yeah, maybe I think that it might even be fifteen or 
15 or more years yeah. since they won Ligue 1. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. I mean, they, they've, you know, we, we're not going to delve too deep into Monaco here, but, you know, they did at one point, they were the, you know, the rich boys in French soccer. Then owners sort of scaled back a bit, and now they got different ownership and all that stuff. So um, it's nice to see them make a comeback too, though. It's a classical team. I used to play Monaco a lot in my old manager simulation <laughs> games when they got Henri and Trezeguet and stuff. So, um, but Middlesbrough, I mean, they're just struggling. They're struggling pretty hard in the Premier League now. Um, I'm trying to look up real quick what they did to get here. Uh, excuse me for taking some time. Okay, so here we go. Fix your list. Sorry about this. So, third round. Sheffield Wednesday. Fourth round. Accrington Stanley. Fifth round. They were pushed by Oxford United. So they've had an easy run in. On paper. On on paper, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just can't. Even if City rotates, I mean, gotta go with City. Gotta go with City. Yeah. I, I mean, I think so too, but it's just... I don't know. I mean, I... I Middlesbrough, I, Middlesbrough don't, they don't score any goals. Yeah. They're pretty solid defensively. I mean, they, they've... Only well, got... Manchester City didn't score any goals in their last match yeah, either. that's so. true. That's true. But I mean, if you look at it, you know, I like to look at the league more than what they've done in the FA Cup, but... Middlesbrough, they've only allowed 30 goals on 27 games in the league, which is, I mean, that's that's tied with Everton. It's better than Arsenal. It's better than Liverpool. But then they've only scored 19 goals, which is the worst in the whole league, by five goals. The only teams that have scored less, or the teams that have scored five goals more than them are underneath them in the table. So if, yeah, you know, at I this, mean, I mean, at this point, I, I, I see them falling out. There, I think their only real chance is to hit City on the counter attack, and even after a very stale performance at midweek against Stoke, you still got to expect City to come up with a goal more likely than Middlesbrough hitting them on the break. Yeah, yeah, City. Meanwhile. Let's take a look at their journey. Um, they started out with a 5 nothing smashing of West Ham. Then they beat Crystal Palace 3 nothing, And then they needed a replay against Huddersfield Town. But they won the... It was scoreless in the first one. And then in the return... Or in the replay, they won 5-1. They stomped them, yeah. 5-1. Yeah. So... You know, they already beat two Premier League sides and then they smashed Huddersfield in the replay. So, um, I would definitely put my money on City. Also, on Saturday, we got Arsenal taking on non-league side Lincoln City. Uh, they do sit at the top of their um, their league, whatever it's called. The uh... <laughs> nah, I gotta look it up. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> The Wrexham Steel, whatever oh, it's called. Whatever right? it's called. It's called as much as the National League. Uh, yeah, the National League. Really? That's it? <laughs> yeah, it used to be the Conference National. Okay, okay. Yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Oh, it's called the Vanarama National League now for sponsorships reasons. Oh. I don't even know what Vanarama, what that is. I have no idea. Oh, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, so Lincoln City um, done a phenomenal job, you know, just to get here. Now they travel to the Emirates. Is there a snowball's chance in hell that they pull out another miracle here? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, better than a snowball's chance in hell. I would say a glacier's chance in hell, which is still not, not great, but... No. Way better than the snowball. Yeah, I mean... Or, you know, maybe not a glacier, but, like, after the snow has been plowed, 
in a huge parking lot and it's all piled up in the end, but then okay, it yeah, starts yeah. to warm up in spring and it all turns black and it's oh, like yeah, it's 45, 50 degrees out, but still that mound of snow is clinging on. Mm-hmm. It has that chance in hell. But I mean, Arsenal are in dire straits and all the pressure is on Arsenal. All the pressure is off Lincoln city. And I, I think that Arsenal showed themselves, even though they ultimately came out winners, they showed themselves to be vulnerable to non-league opposition against Sutton United. I mean, Sutton had a couple good chances. You know, they hit the crossbar, and you, you never you never know because this is also this is home field, but it's not a home field advantage because Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. I mean, that crowd is. God, I feel so. Oh, they got to be One so my, pissed right now. Oh yeah. One yeah. of my good friends from uh, Boston, whom I met at the Arsenal bar there, is in is in England right now. And he went to Anfield, he went to home against Bayern, and now he has tickets to this fixture as well. Oof. And boy, if they bottle it, even, even if they concede a goal, if it's 1-0, or even if Arsenal go up and Lincoln City equalize and it's 1-1, the atmosphere in that stadium is going to turn so toxic that it's almost going to be worse than an away match Oof. for Arsenal. And, I, and, you know, it makes me sad to say that because I want to say stand by your team. You never, you, you know, you don't, you, you love the badge on the crest. It doesn't matter what you feel about exactly what's happening beyond that. But it's just, it's, it's woeful, and this game, Arsenal need to come out of the gate the same way they did against Bayern Munich. But after the way that game ended, I don't know that they can. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I give Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln City will be overmatched in this match in terms of quality by miles, but they they've got a legitimate shot because this is an Arsenal team that has hit the panic button so many times that the plastic is cracked. Yeah, they they're way here. They beat uh, Ipswich one nothing in the third round. They um, then defeated Brighton and Hove Albion three to one. I mean that's a good result for them. And then they pulled out that one nothing win away to Burnley. Burnley not an easy team to beat away or at Turf Moor so. Um, we'll see if they can pull off another miracle. They are coming off a four nothing victory over Braintree Town. Braintree! Oh my gosh! Yep, that's the uh, the the stop at the speaking of Boston. The stop at the end of the red line is Braintree. This is a Braintree train. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, Arsenal they beat Preston in the third round two to one. Smashed Southampton five nothing in the fourth round. And then a two nothing win over Sutton United in the fifth round. So yeah, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, all the pressure is on Arsenal. Arsene Wenger seem doesn't seem to be able to do anything right right now by the fans. So we'll see what happens. Deservedly. Uh, yeah. Sunday, Tottenham at home against Millwall. Millwall also sort of a fairy tale story. League One side Millwall. They're on a qualification playoff spot right now. I believe they're in sixth in League One. Um, Millwall, most known for their rowdy fans back in the uh, late 80s. Um, but, they, you know, they can play some ball too. Well, uh, I, I mean, I obviously I hope that they, <laughs> they pull this one off at White Hart Lane. Yeah, but I, I think that... I think they're also they're more likely to pull seats out of the away section than they are to pull off a victory on the pitch. Yeah, I mean Tottenham just they're in good form. Harry Kane is in phenomenal scoring form right now. Yeah, uh, I, I just don't see how they're going to be able to stop him. So yeah. it yeah. almost feels like he was, you know, charging up his special move in the fall when he was in woeful form, and then now is just letting it all out in the spring. Yeah. Uh, Millwall, they got here by beating Bournemouth, 3 nothing. Watford, 1 nothing, And Leicester, 1 nothing. So, I mean, they've already beaten three Premier League sides, including the reigning champs. 
that's not an e- that's a tough draw for them yeah. though. I mean, no, that's a lead one side going up against three straight Premier League sides. I mean, I've, they've had a tougher draw than Middlesbrough. Speaking of Premier League sides, yeah. Um, you, I, God, am I about to say this? I hate that I am, but I am because I <laughs> have to be an honest pundit on this podcast that. Millwall has less of a chance against Tottenham than Lincoln City do against Arsenal this weekend. Ooh, oof. Tottenham, they beat Aston Villa 2-0 in the third round. Then they went on to beat the Wanderers uh, from Wycombe 4-3. And then fifth round, a 3 nothing win over Fulham on the road. Hurricane with all three goals. Yeah. So. Which let me let me also qualify that by saying less of a chance doesn't mean no chance. Get after it, Millwall. Yes, you can go take for down it. those go for dirty it. spuds. I want to see Millwall man you in the final. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, but it, it really does feel like it's going to be, you know, the the likelihood of City, Arsenal, Tottenham as three of the four semifinal teams seems to be very high. Oh, yeah, and super boring. Yeah, but we can't really complain that much. I mean, we had a non-league side. We had two non-league sides in the fifth round, and we've still got a non-league side in the quarterfinals. True, true. Yeah, Chelsea going up against Manchester United. That's the big marquee matchup on Monday. Uh, Manchester United without Slatan Ibrahimovic after he was suspended three games for elbowing Tyrone Mings, who got five games for stomping Slatan in the face. Yeah, that seems bad. Um, so it will be interesting to see what they do here now. Uh, if they can... Because um, so much of the play has run through Slatan this season. He's he's made himself almost, you know, indispensable to this side in such a short time. Uh, I really hope they can figure it out. Stanford Bridge away, or I mean Chelsea away at Stanford Bridge... Yeah. We all we all know how it ended last time. It was a four nil throbbing. Yeah. It was so bad. But uh, Manchester United had like has it together more than they did at that point. Yes, but at the same time, Chelsea are still in. They're so good. Yeah, they're, they're so good. I mean, I and it's not I, like it's I, not like they have to rotate. No, I still I still think that I, I I give United a chance in this game. I mean, they're let's be real. We all know that they're the underdogs. They're playing the team that's already essentially been crowned the Premier League champions yeah. away from home. So if they can get, yeah, a, if they can get a draw and get a replay, I would be happy. Oh but, yeah, because then Slotham would most likely be back for that. Because I don't think that would they would slot in the replay before his suspension is over. I'm not totally sure on that, but either way, I, I feel like they would have a better chance at against Chelsea at home. Um, so uh, I would definitely, if someone said, oh, you get a scoreless draw or a 1-1 draw, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. So that that's the matchup on Monday. We should say the Saturday kicks off early, 7.15 a.m., Middlesbrough Man City. And games are on Fox Sports. Um, with that, let's head over to our scoring predictions. For, the Premier League. For the Premier uh, League. There are yeah. just a handful of games. Yeah, we we only have four games on slate here. Um, first up is Hull against Swansea. Uh, you know, pretty big, uh, important game there towards the bottom end of the table. Swansea in 16th place right now, 27 points. Then we got Crystal Palace, 25, just above the drop. And then Middlesbrough, 22 points. Hull, 21. And Sunderland, 19 so if Hull, you know, if they're going to have, a, you know, you don't want to fall behind anymore. No, absolutely not. You really don't want to fall behind anymore. Uh, they are coming off a 3-1 defeat to Leicester. Before that, they had a 1-1 draw against Burnley at home, and then they had that 2-0 defeat away to Arsenal. So, I mean, I, I feel like Marco Silva has done a good job with Hull. They are playing better, but they haven't really gotten the results. You know, yes, they did get that marvelous 2-0 win over Liverpool, but they haven't consistently been picking up the same points the same way as 
Swansea has under Paul Clement. They have three wins and two losses in the last five. They're coming off a 3-2 win over Burnley after a late winner by Fernando Llorente, who's actually up to like 11 goals now. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Swans in this one. Yeah, I think we all are. Pauly predicted 2-1. to one. I like that result. I really do. Nah, I don't I I don't think Hull are going to get anything. I'm going to be different, so 2 nothing. Did I steal yours now? Steal, yeah, you yeah. did. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Alright, well then I'm going to be different too. We'll go 1-0 Swans. 1-0. Okay, there we go. It's it's not. Oh, we should say too that uh, Pauly had super. He got so lucky last week. He had eight yeah. games correct and two results. The Man U, Bournemouth game, and Stoke Middlesbrough. So he's now tied with you for first. One hundred and eighty-five points. I'm dead last. One man. That week that I forgot to pick. It's really gonna come oh, back yeah. and bite me. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, next up is Everton against West Brom. West. Brom, no. Everton at home, they got goals in them. 3-1. Pauly says 1-1. 2-0, Everton. Yeah. I feel Everton at home is going to... And I mean, West Brom really, really poor in their last game against Crystal Palace at home. Yeah. So... Bournemouth, West Ham United. Bournemouth got a uh, little nice point on their road trip to Old Trafford when they played Manchester United, played 1-1. paulie has got a 1-1 here as well against West Ham, who, um, you know, they suffered a 2-1 defeat to Chelsea in the Derby last game. Before that, they had two straight draws against Watford and West Brom. Did have that nice away win to Southampton, though, and I think that will be more the team that we'll see. So I'll go 2-1 West Ham. I don't know about that. Uh, Robert Snodgrass. Uh, I don't know. I think... Uh, boy, this is this is a tough Bournemouth one. have been awful. I know, they've been awful, but they nicked a point off Man U, didn't they? So they fucking draw against everyone. They got ten draws. It's Manchester okay, well, United. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna draw this one then too. One one. Okay. Go with Polly. It is Manchester United and Middlesbrough. They have the most draws, ten apiece so far, which is just so bad. Not good enough. That should just be our theme here today. Not good enough. Then last game, Liverpool at home against Burnley. Burnley took a two nothing win against Liverpool when they played at Turf Moor. But they still haven't won a game away from home. Um, Liverpool tend to play down to lesser opponents. I have to be different here because Paulie's going two nothing Liverpool. I'm gonna go one one. Ooh, really? All right. I gotta uh, make up that. You know, it's make or break here because we've gone. All of us took Swansea. Then I was different with him on the Everton game, and then I was different with the West Ham game. I gotta be different here. I I think I think Liverpool are gonna. They're going to really put it together and turn on the gas. Um, 3-0. I'm going to kick myself if it's 4. Going 3-0. There you have it. Um, Let's do a quick final thought, and then we'll sign off. All right, Seb, you lead us off. Okay, so LA Galaxy interested in Zlatan. (laughs) Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. So... um, We'll see here. I mean, I think he would be a perfect fit for the Galaxy. He's still, you know, don't be fooled that it says 35 next to his name. He's not playing like any other 35-year-old in the world. He is the best 35-year-old in the world. Of course you would say that. (laughs) I would say he's the best player in the world over 30. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, that's I. Or that, is, or is Ronaldo thirty one by this point? He might. Yeah. Be. I. I. He's the. He's the best thirty five year old. I agree with that. Okay. He's. Oh yeah. Ronaldo is thirty two. Oof. Okay. So he's the second best player in the world over thirty. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, it would be a perfect fit. It would be amazing to see, and I would uh, definitely go and watch him play. Yeah, I was going to say, that means that Seb's going to spend some time in L.A. Yeah, or just when they come over to the Come East, to Columbus. Just, yeah, come to Columbus. And by that time, I would assume that Cincinnati has an MLS team, too. 
Oh, by next year. Oh yeah. We don't think no. I, I I think they're prime candidates to be the next. No, but that's team. but that's not the the expansion model of the MLS. Oh. They Ooh. they won't. Yeah, it won't be next year. Okay, well the year after then. Maybe I mean I I agree with you. I think Cincinnati will have an MLS team in the near future. Just give us Columbus team. <laughs> no, they've got a great fan base and a good ah. stadium. I'm getting into that Ohio rivalry between yeah. Cincinnati Boy, and Columbus. Look at look at you. You've lived in. You're you're getting into the Midwest, man. Oh yeah, well done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Been there a little bit over a year now. <laughs> God, is that really true? Yeah, I think. Oh well, it might be like a year here, any day wow. actually. Yeah. Dang. How yeah. about that? Oh yeah. Well, no, we're on episode ninety-eight. Oh wow, two more left to a hundred. How yep. about that? Oh yeah. Uh, well, my final thought is about the uh, <laughs> the board member, chairman, um, chips. Yeah. Good old Chips Keswick. Sir Chips. Yeah, Sir Chips. Chips. Excuse me. Coming out and making a very strong, totally vacuous statement about Arsene Wenger's future. Yes. And it, it was, you know, it was completely empty of any real meaning. It was just, it was like, well, we need to make a statement. Let's work long and hard on making sure that we say something that says absolutely nothing. Yeah. And that is, in many ways, actually representative of the Arsenal board's stance on this, which is we want to do absolutely nothing. And mm-hmm. it's just – it's the sad path of least resistance, and it has everything to do with the lack of accountability that I was talking about earlier. Yes. Let me read you that quote. We are fully aware of the attention currently focused on the club and understand the debate. We respect that fans are entitled to their different individual opinions, but we will always run this great football club with its best long-term interest at heart. Arson has a contract until the end of the season. Any decisions will be made by us mutually and communicated at the right time in the right way. You, he said nothing. Yeah, he said nothing. We understand you're angry. <laughs> Whatever. He used three sentences to no, four sentences, excuse me, to say absolutely nothing. Yeah. With that, we'll sign off. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better. Polly is P Quistel WFAN. And give FanRag Sports a follow as well. And we will talk to you again after the weekend. Hopefully, uh, we'll have some upsets in the FA Cup. And by upsets, I mean Manchester United beating Chelsea. And by upsets, I mean Millwall beating Tottenham. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, have a good one. Goodbye. Thank